right, we are rolling. Cool. Uh, do-do-do-do. Hey, welcome back to Pop Culture Petri Dish. I'm Abe Epperson, and I'm here with my co-host. Christian Ramirez. Hello, everyone. And as always, we talk about where pop culture, specifically sci-fi pop culture, and real science meet. Yeah. And, uh how they uh, interact with each other and talk to each other on a social kind of way. Yeah. Um, so today, what are we talking about? Today we are going to talk about climate change, specifically uh, a specific scenario that we came across that's actually been popularized of late called uh, Hot House Earth. Hot House Earth, which yeah. is a brand of... Uh, climate change saying this is a possible scenario that mm-hmm. we're going to be in yeah. if these feedback loops really yeah. fuck us, which looks like they will. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, but like there's other, there, yeah, I just there wanted to open scenarios. up the podcast that there's other scenarios that people say, no, no, it's the, the salination of the oceans that are going to yeah. get really get us. And that's going to create something. Yeah. We could have um, snowball earth again, or once again, not as likely we're looking at a, a bunch of different things between the weather, the oceans, yeah. you know, like, and the components and, uh, organic materials and non-organic materials that are really fucking us up yeah. and our watershed, uh, and how water works around the globe, uh, on a global level, I should say, uh, how, those attributes are really gonna fuck us up. What kind of mo- what movies are we, like? What movies are we gonna be talking about? Or I mean, like, what should they be thinking of? Yeah, for this one, I mean, Hot House Earth doesn't have any super specific ones. Um, like Day After Tomorrow is definitely climate change apocalypse. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm honest. Be like, uh, because someone was writing about how, um, and I actually kind of. I'm I'm less of a dummy on this topic than I am on most of the topics that you bring, uh, but you're obviously our in-house, you know, physician. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, man, uh, someone was writing about how, like, up to a moment in Act One, everything that the day after tomorrow says yeah. is absolutely right. <laughs> it's just when they are like, oh, it's a triple storm, it's a global storm, yeah. like when they start talking about that shit. But like all of the science behind it, if you go back, there's actually like people are like. Eh, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the scientists are like, yeah, I mean, they're talking about the right thing. Right. Which is different from most other pop culture yeah. that talks about this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like Interstellar did it pretty well yeah. with the idea of like corn yeah, the know, blight, subsisting a little everything. longer. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of them are just like, we just need to get this on obtainium and go into the core <laughs> and relaunch the core, you know? Yeah. Like, so... <laughs> So, it, the, the, but anyway, is there any other uh, shout outs of, uh, that's the biggest one that I can think of. Cause everything else seems to think that we're going to be end up like the climate change apocalypse is going to be cold, which I guess is a possible scenario mm-hmm. like snow piercer. But, um, no, like this is for yeah. hot house earth specifically. I think this one is a generally newer idea because yeah. humans haven't experienced that before we're like we experienced an ice age or the end of an ice age mm-hmm. uh we experienced the end of uh the interglacial period between glacier interglacial slash interglacial cycle so we experienced one of those already because mm-hmm. that's when we were evolving that's why neanderthals were shaped differently than other humans oh, interesting but um because they lived in the cold uh but yeah so 
that's kind of like i guess what we're afraid of but the thing that we should be afraid of is the world getting too hot (laughs) and then being uninhabitable Mm -hmm. because we can survive the cold we don't know how much heat we can actually survive Mm -hmm. yeah uh and i also wanted to point out that uh the only thing that 2012 got right yeah is that john cusack should be a limo driver that's that's really that's the only science that uh has any founding uh in this he really can drive though he's a great driver he's a great driver i mean he's you see him he's like dodging palm trees and like doing like hops and stuff yeah that's crazy all right let's talk about science you know and like what that two degrees celsius means Mm -hmm. and like the impacts of because it's almost always talked about politically about the socio-political ramifications right. of it, like jobs and how the economy will be affected mm-hmm. and how like housing will be affected. Yeah. But those are really just results and uh, they're, they're symptoms of yeah. a thing that we're going to be talking about more. So uh, you should do a spiel. <laughs> yes. Um, so right now we're already expecting some of uh, ec- experiencing some of the effects we've had about a one degree celsius increase in the global temperatures since um since the industrial revolution and two-thirds of that degree celsius has happened since 1970 so it's we're already going at a pretty accelerated pace and scientists know that it's between one degree and three degrees Celsius is the point of no return for sure. Three degrees Celsius increase and we're done. <laughs> like mm-hmm. then we won't be able to stop what do you it. Mean when you say we're done, like, um, humans will not be able to repair the damage that we're doing once it gets to that point. What does that look like? Um, three degrees Celsius means that we end up creating a positive feedback loop of heat, uh, that melts all of the polar and Antarctic ice, well, all the polar ice and increases the sea levels to a point where, um, it takes away a lot of the beaches that we have now and otherwise like completely decimates the, the ecology of the earth currently that we are able to survive. So animals die, new animals persist, stuff like that. And also, (laughs) The beach cities or the coastal cities where most of the earth lives, because since we've ever been a thing, we've been like, go to the water. Mm -hmm. So those like 80% of the population, I believe, or something like that is by like within miles of oceans Mm -hmm. or the coast or whatever it is. Uh, So no good for them. (laughs) Very bad. Very bad. Not a happy day. No. And it's it's also going to, is in this hothouse earth concept, is there, how does, what are the, um, the, the symptoms or the ramifications of it in terms of like, are we talking huge storms? And like, that's that, because that's what I always hear about is that we're going to have like wetter winters and wetter everything. And also things are going to be colder, but also hotter over here, Mm -hmm. which is why they designated it like instead of global warming, climate Climate change or climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It just because it's like, no, over there where it was a desert, it's now tundra, (laughs) you know, Uh, those kind of things. Is that a part of this hothouse earth? It really yeah there will be certain like small pockets that freeze while everyone else is dying of heat um basically it's going to create um the situation that happened in the permian triassic extinction event which was 
an event that killed 95% of all life on Earth. And this is the, like, K, the K, whatever, the the one that killed the dinosaurs. No, no, the one before the dinosaurs that actually killed more. Oh, the <laughs> Triassic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah, it's the Permian Triassic. It's called the Great Dying sometimes mm-hmm. because only 5% of life on Earth survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... But, and a lot of that came from the earth was a snowball earth at the time. And then a lot of volcanic activity increased the temperature of earth, uh, changed the sea levels rapidly. And then also had immense algae blooms that killed a lot of life in the oceans. And so with all of that happening, it completely disrupted the food chains and almost everything, all but 5% of the life on the earth died. Mm. And so that's, we are going to create, a similar situation to that, but through man-made means from all the greenhouse gases. And once we get to the point where, yeah, once we get to the point where um, there's a certain point that we're not sure exactly where it is, but it's between two and three degrees Celsius that the glaciers are melting at a rate that it's unstoppable, Mm -hmm. um, that the ice is going to just be gone afterwards because of the fact that, Ice is the the lightest, like the brightest material that reflects the most sunlight back into space, mm. and ocean water is the darkest material on sucks the earth it up. that sucks it up. Yeah, and people creates- do not that. That's when something uh, in uh, environmental science said yeah. recently in last year's EPA report was. Uh, it, it's pretty simple. Uh, the problem here is that people do underestimate how much the oceans really yeah. affect climate shift, I guess. But like in general, just like how watershed events and as we salinate the oceans yeah. and fresh water rises to the top because salt water is denser. So that mm-hmm. becomes deep water uh, kind of thing. You have this fucking of the currents. Yeah. Uh, and it's really simple because it's just like when we say 70% of the globe is covered by water we're not kidding yeah (laughs) you know like you mostly live on land land animals yeah but um the ocean is so vast and so large and so a part of how the sun interacts with our little you know Mm -hmm. dust moat that it's just crazy how much the oceans that we are consistently fucking Mm -hmm. um are going to affect planetary kind of just how how this system works yeah. how, with the ins and outs of the system. Like I'm looking at a diagram right now that basically uh, has this loop, which is the warm surface flow and cool subsurface flow, mm-hmm. which is like uh, in the north of the Pacific Ocean, the kind of near North America that cuts out Alaska. There's this warm current that kind of cuts through the equator that kind of goes through uh, like, I don't know, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia mm-hmm. cuts over Australia. There's a little bit more feeding from the Indian Ocean. It kind of goes below toward Antarctica, below Africa, and then sweeps up in, into Europe now, just kind of riding the Atlantic Ocean. And then that's when it becomes cold. Mm-hmm. It brings down from like Greenland and the Northern Pole uh, all this cold water that cuts out the other side, the eastern side of North America, down South America, down all across Antarctica, and then back up into the Pacific Ocean. So you have this kind of uh, Escher-esque kind of ribbon loop that is essentially where warm and cold water Mm -hmm. goes. And obviously, you know, the colder water's below and stuff like that. But when you have these kind of density changes and you have like 
more salt mm-hmm. and you also have heat uh, having a new dynamic in terms of like if we were to have you mentioned before the podcast like forming venus or forming yeah. like a greenhouse gas kind of um i mean just greenhouse yeah uh that's what Ve- venus is is just this smorgasbord of just uh complex compounds that make up the atmosphere we we're just fucking with that and yeah. i think the <laughs> the problem with this type of science is that no one knows exactly where this is going to go. They have good feelings about the trends and they can use the science to say like, oh, this is picking up mm-hmm. and that's going to create a feedback loop. For example, one per one environmental science scientist grimly said, and I believe like 2013, yeah. uh, talking about finding Nemo um, and about <laughs> how it's yeah. because coral is going, is now ex, it's not extinct right now, yeah. but there's nothing we can do unless yeah. there's a crazy like coral machine that we make or something <laughs> like that. Or like we desalinate the oceans on mass scale, which has its yeah. own repercussions to the, you know, marine life. But that's a period piece now mm-hmm. because that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, coral will be completely different if not replaced by something else. And if anyone's, Wondering corals essentially one of the things just like, you know, algae and, uh, you know, of course, not just in the reefs, but like kelp and stuff like that. That's the trees of the forest. (laughs) So they're the ones that are pumping in CO2 and other uh, other compounds and spitting out oxygen Mm -hmm. into the water. And when we start losing that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. everyone's loud about deforestation because it's like the Amazon, but I like the Amazon. (laughs) That's a thing that I know, but it's just like, what about the great barrier reef? Well, unless you're a scuba diver, you don't really give a fuck. Uh, and that's one of the problems is that no one really gives a fuck about it. So it's very grim because it's underwater. And even though it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Most of our planet. And that's where most of the, the CO2 to oxygen exchange Mm -hmm. comes from is the water. Mm -hmm. It's, it, comes from plants that are in the water, not the plants that are on the earth. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so now we're going to have a complete change of wild, uh, marine wildlife Mm -hmm. and the ecosystem will be completely fucked. I mean, I want to say like, I have a crystal ball and just say like, it's all going to be sharks. There's only going to be sharks. (laughs) And so it's just like, what, like the oceans will just be sharks. And, uh, but I can't say that with, no one can really say exactly what the, you know, uh, melting pot is gonna like spit out we are seeing a lot of jellyfish that's one thing that jellyfish are doing well yeah they're they're and of course that's not good for a lot of other animals and that's great because they'll sting the sharks (laughs) (laughs) uh no but that's i mean we laugh but we also cry inside That, that's the thing with this EPA report, and that's something I wanted yeah. to mention too. I, like, I know the most recent we're going to be back and forth, and I still want you to, you know, because you have some, I see that you have scribblings here yeah. <laughs> that I want you to quote and stuff like that. But um, I've been reading the EPA reports and uh, like the Paris Climate Agreement, and it's been like a pet project of mine for yeah. the last decade. And um, reading it and learning, uh, like, and I knew nothing. I took an environmental science class in high school. Mm-hmm. Like the, they called it APES because yeah. it was AP Environmental Science. And it, it's one of those like, oh, captain, my captain teachers who mm-hmm. was like very good. Yeah. And and he he ushered on us a very, very 
salient message, which is that uh, one of the biggest problems in the world is not a matter of like everyone goes crazy because they hear climate change and they think, oh, it's you're one of those. You're one of the people who just think that the world is going to be 2012 and John Cusack's going to be a taxi <laughs> or a limo driver. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, not like you got to dispel that mythos or yeah. that myth, because when it comes down to it, like there's a lot of things that we can solve. And one of them is that like food is not, it, it's not that it doesn't exist and able to feed the, you know, seven to eight billion population yeah. we have. It's about distribution and yeah. stuff like that. And he was very like, very well versed, but also very like, let's not freak out. Yeah. Here's what we can do. And that was very helpful. Now, the reason I bring that whole thing up is that if you've been le reading this in the, like from the Obama to now the Trump administration, because we, you know, it's nice. It's, you see a bird with oil on it or you see yeah, like you, uh, you see an <laughs> endangered species. It makes you sad, but yeah. like really at the end of the day, it's just not a voting <laughs> issue when you right. don't have like money in your pocket and right. like, the world is racist and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, I just want to like quote the, uh, so, you know, Pruitt, right? He's yeah. head of the EPA. Um, like the kind of co conversations that they're having, like on a, like, and this is not just senators. This is like right. PhDs. This is people who they talk to to get their information. Right. And when they have like kind of have their expos, they kind of have these people talk at them. Mm -hmm. And the conversation isn't, is, completely changed in the last decade and it's something no one's really talking about because and the way it's changed is that for example angela uh logo masani who's a senior fellow uh competitive enterprise institute i looked into this institute it's not necessarily the worst institute of all the <laughs> institutes but it's like pretty right-leaning yeah. so that gives you kind of some sense of yeah what this person's going to say, but yeah. Pruitt's action to deny uh, chloropyrifos, which is just a, it's like CFCs. It's, it's mm -hmm. just an, uh, a compound that we use essentially to, I believe it's uh, uh, essentially an insecticide. Okay. Um, sets an important pro-science approach to the regulation that the agency should continue to follow. Uh, Cal Dooley, president and chief executive officer of the American Chemistry Council, says we commend the administrator Pruitt for his attention in improving efficiency of new chemical review under amended TSCA, which is just a stipulation yeah. of a bunch of rules. The conversation and the things that they say, these are just two like random things that I pulled out. But sure. if you look at the actual EPA report, uh, there's a section that they always have that's quote what they're saying. Yeah. And it's, it's always this conversation by the politicians and people who sh ought to know that they basically skirt under the table. They all admit that there is a problem. Yeah. They admit, and they almost a hundred percent. I mean, it's basically up there, um, that we are affecting climate change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all their conversations are, we're doing a little bit good here. We're doing a little bit of good here because that's somewhere where the scientists who are like freaking out yeah. and the politicians who are let's not freak out can actually agree is like, let's save that bird that's right. got oil on it, you know? And it's, it's, it's just not sure. enough. It's this conversation that no one in the same way that no, like journalists seem to have a problem, like going up to Trump and saying like, yeah, but the thing you said, it was a lie. Yeah. Well, uh, explain what, 
you lied right now. What <laughs> what's going on? Uh, are you going to take that back or am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I think you're lying right now? <laughs> Explain <laughs> to me what's going on. Uh, it's there's this big theater mm-hmm. of, uh, like I'm calling you out EPA. Uh, <laughs> there's this big theater of people who are just like trying their best to do the right thing. Sure. But they're, they're basically doing the equivalent of what we're doing, which is we're laughing outside and we're crying inside. Yeah. It's like everyone knows that there's a huge problem and everyone's just commending each other on like little systematic change, which is just not enough. Right. And that's something that I think is like, talk about like the undercurrents of the oceans and the salination of the oceans. This is the undercurrent of the political society right now. Right. Where it's just happy to disagree, but on the stuff that no one could possibly disagree about, let's just agree about it. Sure. And then just at least be like, oh yeah, clap, 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 clap. We're all happy. <laughs> Everything's doing well. We at least did save that bird. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, fuck the bird. <laughs> not all birds. I mean, well, I, I have weird political views, but like not fuck all <laughs> birds. But like that bird doesn't yeah. really alter like the grand scheme of things. So exactly. from a utilitarian perspective, and we got to kind of think, kind of draconian about this yeah. shit uh, because it's the only earth we got. So if we're already damned, we got to, we got to try harder, man. Yeah. So that's my spiel. I'm, I'm going to all cut out and let you speak, but that's <laughs> just something I need to get off my chest. No, I, I agree. Cause if the bird is not as important as those three degrees Celsius, cause mm. once that those, we get to those three degrees, then every there, a lot of birds are going to be done. It's exactly. not just that one bird. Exactly. And, um, this is something that recently, uh, Congresswoman-elect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was talking about. Um, they're talking about doing a Green New Deal plan right right now, yeah. and that's and she g- took some heat from the right and stuff for saying that it's going to take the amount of dedication and the amount of like political force as something like the Civil Rights Act or something that was that large, and she took heat for it, but she's being realistic Mm -hmm. to completely change our society in a way that is going to prevent us from going up those extra two degrees is going to take a lot because right now the fossil fuel industries have their claws in so many things with uh, lobbying and just in our government that it's, it is a daunting task to actually change the way that we use energy to change our entire infrastructure to change all of that and that's what we have to do or we're going to poison the planet for us right that's it's there's no in between it's we either have to completely change or we're going to die doing what we're already doing right uh what do you think is let's let's hop back a little bit and talk about sci-fi for a second about that because i think that that's a really interesting notion especially given that unlike not that there isn't a time limit to things like socio-political struggles you know um there is a time limit because we hope to get you know we hope to be less racist before we leave the earth. But why? Because there's going to be a lot of people who like fucking die because yeah. of racism. Um, so there is a time limit there. Sure. But there's also like a big clock in the sky <laughs> that we just don't even know what the time limit is, but yeah. we know it's ticking with the environment. And um, so in science fiction, like what methods 
do you convince like so if we when did like the question came up in the 70s and even before that but like when do we turn the car off right and um we seem to be you know doing better i mean like almost 30 percent of california for example uh the grid that you use if you plug in something in your house or whatnot yeah. it's coming from solar and wind power it's yeah. like we're doing pretty good in some areas uh, that and obviously california is lucky because california has like so many areas where you can put wind power or sun power mm -hmm. or like texas it's just got a lot of land mass vermont's not going to be like yeah we kind of got fucked in the solar <laughs> regard or delaware yeah. you know uh but like um what like i'm trying to think of a non big brother a non like socialist kind of like brave new world kind of yeah. form of government that's just like kids shut the fuck up <laughs> we gotta do this yeah we're we got to do this by 2050. Yeah. You know, uh, like what methods of political change are available to us even at this right. point? What kind of society in like that we've seen in fiction or not, like actually could do something where it's just like, is that just a totalitarian regime at that point? Is it just take a tyrant who's just like, I care only about the environment? Yeah. I mean, the, the Federation in Star Trek seems like it's, that's that's a kind of a, yeah. a staple of this podcast. I'm gonna call you out. That's a cop at that <laughs> because that's like imagine we're already utopian. Right. No money but... has been abolished. <laughs> we have these hollow decks where we everyone's getting their dick sucked all the time. <laughs> Everything's great. But no, yeah. Um it's it does kind of take that level of control though, too. Cause I mean, I'm gonna sound like a socialist or an anarchist or whatever, but capitalism isn't doing it. Like, yeah. How do you privatize safety? Right. Uh, there's other than like a car where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's a good seatbelt. <laughs> there's not a lot of money in seatbelts. Right. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> especially cause the guy who invented the seatbelt was like, he gave it away. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Like he, he, was... he the patent was like, everyone should have this. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, because everyone should have it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is that we do need, with the way that capitalism is working right now, the only thing that could save us is, I don't know, some billionaire who is obsessed with renewable energy or getting us completely free from fossil fuels. That's like, if you're just pitching we, Elon Musk right now. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. No, but you're right. I mean, with under capitalism, that's all that it's that we because you fight within the capitalist do. system, and right. that's capital is what makes that work. So, yeah, exactly. someone who has an enormous amount of capital would <laughs> yeah, be able exactly. to be like, I'm going to use my money to save us. Yeah, don't go to Mars. <laughs> I mean, go to Mars, but, but you, we need to fix things here for take your money, <laughs> I'm going to take all the things you're doing and just do better and that's such a shitty thing to yeah. ask of like an elon musk who's got his own issues and sure. I, a lot of people like to shit on him and i'm fine with shitting on him <laughs> because he's like you know he's not the greatest person yeah. but like he's doing a lot of great stuff and he's also like when it comes down to it he's just a fucking nerd he good guy doesn't even know how to smoke a <laughs> spliff you know like they the, and he and he says these weird things and he he's on twitter doing memes and you know like i remember cody and i having like a pretty big argument about it he was just like what the fuck is he doing and i'm like yeah but what who cares 
the guy can fucking be an idiot and do memes on a spare in his spare time. He spends way more time a day worrying about rockets than we do. That's kind of a plus column. I'm just gonna say it's a pretty big thing in the plus column. I'm not defending Elon Musk on everything or even most of it. I'm just saying at least he's got he's using his billion dollars like a Bill Gates or something sure. like that instead of like a fucking I don't know one of the Walmart Saudi royal family people. yeah yeah exactly uh and I mean I know that that is exactly the kind of thinking that I was just criticizing which is just sure. like ah eh, it's just at least it's a little it's one in the uh win column you know <laughs> three steps forward two steps back kind of stuff yeah uh but I mean that's the kind of, that's the kind of trajectory we're talking about here yeah the right? only thing that we can do as individuals is because yes recycling and all that stuff is good you should do that and if you don't want to eat meat then don't eat meat but at the same time if you are not voting for people who's part of their agenda is to completely change the way that industrial fishing industrial meat industrial power production if they are not concerned with changing the way that those things work right now, because those are the things that are killing the planet, then you doing something individually is not making that big a deal. Yeah. We have to elect people that actually give a shit about the things that are going to destroy the planet. Right, right. It's so easy to turn to someone and say to a politician, like they did with Al Gore, mm -hmm. uh, he, they're like... You talk about the environment all the time, but you're flying on private jets way more than like a poor person in Chicago <laughs> is. And he's just like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And I wish that that was the kind of conversation we're having where it's like we we fight that kind of, uh, well, there's one bad aspect of the thing that you're saying mm -hmm. or you're slightly hypocritical because you're doing something that isn't exactly what you're preaching that means that we should throw out your conversation right uh we need to combat that with and that's and i think it starts with the environment because it's so dire yeah uh, not necessarily i mean it is dire in both like the consequences definitely uh but it's dire because the conversation is not even in an uphill trajectory to get us to this right. spot where we're talking about like by 2050 uh, how do we not make coral extinct? Yeah. Because there's so many feedback loops. There's so many things that like enter each other's conversations. And by that, I mean like the salination of the oceans or the, um, the melting of the permafrost yeah. versus like the glaciers, the composite event is so the tendrils are so inside each mm -hmm. other that we don't even know how, uh, much they interact. Right. We have a feeling because it's like, oh, I see that CO2 goes up and this happens. Mm -hmm. We can try to treat symptoms as much as we want by building seawalls and I don't know, building levees and stuff like that. But that's not, that's a symptom treatment. It's not treating the thing mm -hmm. that is actually the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like the, there's, I'm sure, I'm positive that there are conservative politicians that are from areas requesting money for levees and seawalls and stuff like that who at the same time deny that climate change exists and that's the kind of stuff that we cannot suffer that anymore that right. is that is something that we do not have time mm -hmm. to be okay with like mm -hmm. <laughs> as a society we have to all agree that no if you're going to be asking, if you're going to be recognizing that the seas are rising and stuff like that, then you have to also accept that climate change is a real thing. I don't, I mean, 
I'm personally, I've been past the point of like, if a politician is a climate change denier, then no, there's no way I should be voting for them. I've been that way for a long time. I just want everybody to be that way. Right, right. Do you know the concept of like C2 or C4 plants uh, in in uh, like cactus yeah, and okay. desert plants and stuff like that? Which it, I think it deals with the, the Krebs cycle, mm-hmm. uh, which is like just how it, after photosynthesis, how it like, that's why you get like very fibrous and like cactus yeah. is very hard and stuff like that. And um, it's because there was an evolutionarily advantageous you know strain of plants that were like let's let's get high on carbon Mm -hmm. and um opposed to you know some somewhat another plant in a lusher area um we're gonna be starting to see that kind of thing where Mm -hmm. we're gonna be getting more it's not just that the climate will be desert like you know it's not just that huge areas in russia will be a desert now Mm -hmm. Um, in in the next hundred years, or at least be acting like a desert in terms of the weather, um, we're gonna. So we're gonna start to see places that it's just like palm trees in Paris, you know, like it'll be that kind of thing, and it'll start off as just weird, yeah, and then it'll start seeing weird artifacts uh, and, like you said, symptoms of climate shift but then we're not going to realize we're going to people then we be because we have such a short lifespan right people are going to be like in 200 years they're going to be like yeah palm trees in paris it's like paris that's just (laughs) there's palm trees everywhere that's how it goes and like so people won't see it as weird should we care that the reefs are not like are gone or not in the big scheme of things if climate just shifts right I think it will be a voting issue. I just think so sociologically we grew up in an environment where we had things like Captain America, uh, Captain Planet and like we had all sorts of the hippies were making cartoons for us about mm-hmm. the environment. So I think our generation and um, following generations are going to care more no matter what. But I think the question behind the question of if it's just a different climate, should we care? I think, think that depends on your level of empathy and the amount that you care about other people because humans evolved on the earth to exist in a certain range of temperatures Mm -hmm. and climates. The way that we, the time period that we evolved in was colder than it is now, but not so much colder that it's, that it's impossible for us to survive. We, as an entire, the, the 7 billion people of us that there are will lose a lot of people. And of course, the people the most, that are most affected by it will be the people that are the least uh, financially able to deal with it. Mm. So it kind of depends on how much of a humanitarian you are to, to see if it matters or not. Because yes, there will be scientists that invent um, ways to turn crickets into a sustainable source of food for people that can afford it. Mm. Um, but if you care about people, about other people surviving this, then we all need to work on making sure that it's not, that the earth doesn't turn into a drastically different climate because they will not be the ones that survive. The, the, the unfortunate people are going to be the ones that are the most affected by it. And they will be the first ones that, that aren't here anywhere that die off of the earth. And so I guess, yeah, humans will continue to exist. I don't think this is something that's going to make us extinct because we're the smartest creatures on Maybe the earth. Maybe a little sweaty. Yeah. 
or uh, we'll be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, we can be uncomfortable and unhappy, but I think we will be able to survive in some capacity. But if we do affect the climate in such a drastic way, then most of us will not survive. Right. And just so I understand, and it's clear for everyone listening, um, so your advocacy is that if you're at a party and there's someone who's not a climate denier, but right. like um, someone who's just like, I can't really care about it, it's you th- you, you're arguing that the best level to convince someone that the that climate change matters and that it should be a, a higher voting issue than it is now is because of how many people are going to die to keep it a human element, to yeah. keep it talking, keep the conversation about yeah. the people and the cost of life right. and the quality of life of those in the areas. I think that's going to be more effective because there are so many more of us that are mm-hmm. not in the 1% that are not, yeah. that are not, that can't, afford they won't to... live in their elysium domes right yeah <laughs> or is that the mo- which one that's the movie elysium. where they just went just fucked off to yeah. space yeah <laughs> that's a good answer like all the rich are like hmm in our space capsules uh th- it's just so weird to me because it's just yeah. like that sounds terrible because mm-hmm. things must have gone wrong and there must have been a, at least one point when they're developing the arc or whatever and they're just yeah. like they look up and they're like man we really should i mean i know it sucks down there with all the pores but <laughs> but man like a lot of us are dying just by like accidents like did you hear about teddy yeah yeah i heard he got ejected into space yeah that doesn't happen to rich people now i i mean and uh- I think in a more practical way, maybe you convince people by letting them know that this is going to be the economy of the future because we're going to run out of fossil fuels. And so the Mm -hmm. only way that we're going to continue to be able to have a society where people have energy and have money is to convert Gotta to get renewables. That sun money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See that, that when someone buys the sun, that's, I'm gonna, <laughs> that's my favorite day. That is my favorite day <laughs> because that is literally everything. It's how everything else happened. So if someone could buy the sun, like what, mu- what amount of money for the sun? I don't know. Can you think of all of it? Can you literally think of all the money that has ever existed on the globe? That is the cost of mm-hmm. the sun. <laughs> so you're not even 1%. Yeah. You are a 100%. You own all of the money. You can't buy the sun. But I want a piece of the sun. You know, I want like a little timeshare yeah. right there at the bottom <laughs> hemisphere, the southern hemisphere. Yeah. Just be like, mmm, this is mmm. It's nice and toasty. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of conversation we're having. Yeah. It's like, should we buy the sun? That's what I feel like is the kind of conversation that's happening politically yeah. right now. When the reality needs to be talking about we're like, we gotta do something about this fucking salt. Yeah. You know, and like we're not talking about the right things because it's hard mm-hmm. to talk about the right things. It's hard to talk about like it feels like we're in that like Black Panther moment, not the movie, the the movement. <laughs> uh, like where it's just like, do you not see the mechanizations that are causing this? We're not saying like these are the problems; these are the symptoms. Yeah. How do you get a whole civilization to think in a specific way? Yeah. Uh, because we run and hide. Mm-hmm. the second that something we hear we're like oh, i don't like that mm-hmm. you know and it's on it's on every side it's just like how we do with patterns it's yeah. just like we, we talked about a lot of times on this podcast it's like we're very good about 
running around in the jungle being like, that's a snake. No, that's not a snake. <laughs> that's, that's a, a snake. That's a snake. You know, like we're pattern recognizers. Yeah. We're, we're good at snakes <laughs> are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but our eyes and our minds are not, this is on a new level. Mm -hmm. This is on a higher like plane of thinking that involves time in a way that we're not usually, yeah. we're usually resistant to. Uh, and I don't know what antibodies we need in our system in order to have that conversation other than education, but right. the type of education in order to move quickly to me is one of like, like I said, big brother, it's mm -hmm. like where they're going to like conservatives are, and you know, like traditionalists are going to like snap down as they have been since like the Snopes trial, you know, like they're going to snap down and be like, Oh, so you just want your science to be taught. <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah we want this science. <laughs> Here's what we want. We want a hegemony on education yeah. on this issue. Mm -hmm. Like you should not be in this conversation. Right. And everyone's going to be like, oh, thought police. And they're right, but they don't matter that they're right. <laughs> exactly. Like it's the type of right that doesn't matter mm -hmm. um, because it needs to happen. And so I sound like a fucking acolyte. <laughs> and I understand that. I understand that I'm zealot. I'm a yeah. zealot of this. Yeah. And I think that there shouldn't be any other conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that people react very negatively to that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't understand. I don't see how you, how you cross and shake the hands right. on Congress across Congress yeah. and say like, this are the things that we need. We can either all be environmentalist zealots or we can ruin the earth for us. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the, I'm sorry, but that's kind of what it's coming down to at this point. Yeah. We just stop listening to the people that don't care about the earth because we need it. <laughs> but instead we have fucking John Cusack and like fucking <laughs> <sighs> the fucking like waves that are on like the Himalayas and shit. It's just like, you don't understand how thermodynamics works at all. You don't understand how gravity works at this point. Like at this point, it's like, yeah, it's like the like. How did that happen? Well, you just like someone took the earth and just shook it, and all the water went to one side. Uh, it's just like that's the kind of conversation that we're. That was in twenty like eleven or twenty twelve, yeah. right? And that that wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. It feels forever ago because of you know how much society has changed, but not in this way. Mm -hmm. People are still like, you gotta go into the core and <laughs> blow up all these bombs. And the populace buys it. It's like, an, yeah. it, it's an opiate of thinking. It's, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I can continue this podcast <laughs> anymore. I'm just rambling. I'll, I'm I'll so sorry. I'm in, so sorry, Christian. In defense of the movie 2012, uh, the during the KT extinction, which was the one that killed the dinosaurs, that one actually, the the meteor that hit the comet that hit created a wave that was over a mile high and traveling faster than the speed of sound when it hit the Rockies. Mm -hmm. So you can have a wave that big. That's if you true. Have, yeah. That's true. You I are, mean, that's the equivalent of globally shaking it. Yeah. Exactly. So all water goes on one side is <laughs> enormous earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that, I guess. But like, that's not the important part of this podcast. The important part is only vote for people who care about climate change. <laughs> is that the point of the podcast? <laughs> I, I didn't even know it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. If somebody's got a problem with climate change being a real thing, then they probably haven't listened to the podcast anyways. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just 
tapped out, man. <laughs> I, I've never given up on a podcast before. It's I, okay. I, you know, I, I understand it. Like, there's only so much liberty we can take from people at one time right. or with a generation and say, like, you don't get that anymore. Yeah. No more car for you. <laughs> um, that when that happens, people are like, well, fuck you. Yeah. And that's the problem with hegemonies, mm-hmm. you know, is and the totalitarian system that I'm asking for <laughs> is that we're like, no more car for you. <laughs> uh, because And people are going to be very angry about that. And so, and, and even if it starts working, even if we're like 10 years into the great experiment of no more car for you, uh, the problem is that within like our, our, our lifetime is so short that we'll be like, yeah you know that hear that guy abe who's talking about no more car for you well i got this guy that i heard about he's talking about car for you <laughs> and uh you like that and he's like i fucking love car for me <laughs> i'm vote for that guy yeah so uh <laughs> that's all i have <laughs> i love it no, that's good. What else you got? Anything right. else you want to that's talk pretty about? Pretty much it. I um, promise the next we have the two next episodes queued up. They're a lot less. They're 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 fun episodes. Yeah. These are, this is not a fun episode. Right. Yeah. So we've got one shot at this. Yeah. We're we're all today. We're all Luke Skywalker's turning off the computer and firing into the Death Star. <laughs> We got to do but it. Thank God we got practice with these womp rats. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, we don't have any fucking womp rats. We're not really. We're not Luke Skywalker. This is not a. This yeah. is not a fucking game. This is not a fucking game. I am not suited for this podcast. Uh, well, we have to admit at one point or another the. The pop culture reason that these movies exist, like the reason that we keep going to them, mm-hmm. it's like, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> look at that! This Dante's Peak is on fire. <laughs> it's just like it's cool to look at, yeah. But it's and then it's just like, oh yeah. Also, got to think about all you know those people who are dying. You know, support the troops. Support the troops. I am really just a pessimist. It's like in Miami Connection at the end of the movie. It's- <laughs> Has the quote about violence. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Just like, but sometimes it makes you think, huh? Sometimes it makes you think, Dante, speak, whoa! Uh, nothing, nothing is, nothing good is going to happen, I've determined. I haven't given up. Uh, I haven't given up. Yeah. I haven't given up. Anything else? No, I haven't given up, Abe. Yeah. I think we can do it. Well, let's shut this fucking episode up <laughs> and talk about, like, guns and stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. See you in, like, a few weeks. Yeah. You fucking people. <laughs> Lo- we love you. We love you. Bye. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, everybody. Swaim here. With added excitement in my voice because it might equate to money for me. Uh, I just wanted to officially let everyone know through the medium of audio rather than tweets that Small Beans has a merch store now. 
Yeah, that's right. And this is not just some cash grab with the logos of our shows, although you can get logo tees there if you'd like. We worked very hard with several very talented artists to really present you with shirts and buttons and content to come that we really think is worth your purchase and you're going to enjoy. And if you're someone who hasn't been able to patronize us, this is a fantastic way to support Small Beans directly without having to sign up for Patreon. And of course, you get a physical item in return rather than just our glorious, glorious content, which will remain free, but is not free to make. So we'd really appreciate anyone who's willing to check out the SB merch store. It is at smallbeans.bigcartel.com, and there you will find a bunch of hilarious shirt designs, some limited edition buttons, as well as an ever-increasing amount of audio content to download. We're talking original rap songs, audiobook versions of short stories, and so on. And we're always brainstorming and trying to add new things to the shop, but we'll stop if no one goes there. So please check it out, smallbeans.bigcartel.com. And as always, we love you!